Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ukulele Underground Podcast. My name is Aldrin Guerrero. Joining me are Mr. Aaron, the voice, not commercial. What's up, Aaron? What's up? And Mr. Kahai, the legend for again. What's up, Kahai? What's up? I do this just so that you guys know whenever I look this way, I'm talking to Aaron. Whenever I look over there, I'm talking to Kahai. Welcome to the Ukulele Underground Podcast, where we talk and uh, and chat and just, you know, have fun with the uh, with the ukulele. So we are part of the ukuleleunderground.com. So I am the main, uh, I guess, the headmaster of ukuleleunderground.com. <laughs> You're the Dumbledore. I, yeah, I am the Dumbledore of Ukulele Underground. So uh, that's where we teach uh, lessons on the ukulele. If you guys want to learn songs, learn how to do picking techniques and, and things like that, uh, ranging from traditional Hawaiian songs to pop songs and all that good stuff, make sure you check out ukuleleontheground.com. This is a podcast companion to the uh, to the ukuleleontheground.com website, where we you know address any and all questions and concerns about the ukulele. We you know we uh, we just kind of talk story and have some fun. So without further ado, let's get started. What we do here is uh, we answer any and all of your inquiries and questions with opinions about um, about the ukulele or sometimes not about the ukulele sometimes we just kind of talk story we'll see what part where it goes you know what i mean kai yep so um <laughs> we get questions throughout the week via email via chat via snail mail via forum whatever however we get it we try to answer it as best as we can here kahai and aaron you know neatly packages it in in uh, you know throughout the whole week and then give it to me when i sit down on here on mondays yeah so yes uh, so that's <laughs> all right kahai yes. so uh do we have questions for this week what are we talking about uh yeah we have a question for you sure and if you're dumbledore can mm. i be hagrid <laughs> <laughs> you're an ukulele you player harry <laughs> <laughs> name name one magical creature ukulele magical creature equivalent that you be taking care of oh. and then and then I'll, I'll give you the title of hagrid like i'll a... give you your own like uh like stuff on the side what is it like his his, his little his little house thing <laughs> it's like a three-headed ukulele i guess or something oh, right? yeah. <laughs> i don't know nice, what, nice. what the equivalent to that is i don't but... know okay yeah, I, mean, I mean i've never read harry potter in my life <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 no anything what about it? that <laughs> Uh, all right so uh yeah ask me ask away buddy uh yeah so we have a question for you to start things off sure 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 and by by the way while i'm answering these questions that kahai and aaron have have set up for me um you guys can use the chat because we are live this is the ukulele on the ground podcast live use the live chat to ask away ask some questions and uh and get your answers like that here on the podcast if you're participating right kahai Mm -hmm. so all right go ahead so, uh, you know, we had the question about like, uh, what's who do you think has the best tone? Yeah, and uh, what, don't ask what, me who has the worst tone. I, <laughs> no, no, don't ask that. Well, oh, okay, okay. I guess we're not gonna. No, no, no. no, no, no. Um, so you're wondering. Yeah. And and in the when we asked you who has the best tone, you listed like some songs that you think they should uh, listen to right, okay. from those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we want to know. Uh, what do you think is the what? What were you saying? Aaron? Like the, uh, like uh, basically like required listening for instrumental uh, songs. And it has to be um, well, I forget the word we were saying too. Like not mm. well known instrumental songs. Yeah, yeah, underrated. Underrated. What, are, what, what are, do you think is what the are underrated? Some underrated instrumental. Oh. 
ukulele, ukulele, yeah, ukulele instrumental, songs. instrumental songs ah. that you feel are like required listening for mm-hmm. people who are serious about mm-hmm. ta- like playing the ukulele or yeah. mm-hmm. wanting mm-hmm. to be better at the ukulele. Uh, why don't we make it to like uh, pick your three, like li- three. limit it to three? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. So let's uh, let's let's state the obvious ones that, yeah, that yeah. won't be yeah, yeah. Won't be we'll, included. We'll, that's why we said in underrated. The underrated yeah. ones. Yeah. Okay. Let's yeah, start yeah. out with that. There so, are many that are appropriately there are many. There are many. rated. Okay. Um. First off, um. We we mentioned this last uh, last episode. Guava Jam. I, I feel like is the quintessential ukulele instrumental yes it was based off of a guitar composition um called guava jam it was done by peter moon released under the peter moon band and stuff uh and on on the album with the same title guava jam so mm-hmm. uh it is based on that yes but troy fernandez turned it into something completely different something or actually it was original. sunday manoa I think. yeah that's right sunday yeah. manoa sunday yeah. manoa and uh, the guava jam album but it, yeah. peter moon yeah, yeah. Moon, you know, yeah. Right. Not to disrespect the other members of Sunday Manoa, but, yeah, yeah. but it is his band. It is his band. And, it, you know, like he did write that song. So, anyway, um, so I, I believe it's it's the quintessential ukulele instrumental song. I mean, that's that's like, you know, I, I feel with, a, with, with that song, it opens up that very, like, um, kind of banjo like technique. Um, on you know on on the ukulele utilizing the high g and uh, and really kind of showcasing what the ukulele can do you know like in in like hawaiian music and in instrumental terms and stuff i know um there's been tons of instrumental like back then by like eddie kamai uh and instrumentals done by like herb Ota, uh herb Ota senior ota san and uh, Lao Ritz and stuff like that. I know there's been instrumentals before, but that one I feel like for my generation made made the biggest impact because of like, man, look what the ukulele can do, and you don't have to play like classical or romantic kind or jazzy kind of you know kind of songs because in the you know in the late '80s, early '90s, it's like, I mean, you know, people play jazz on on the ukulele, but in in the playgrounds and high school recess and stuff like you wanted to play some pop music, and that was a great entryway to like to to uh to that to merge like traditional and pop at the same mm-hmm. time i feel like it's like here's this pop band kyle crater boys and here's the song guava jam that's like very traditional you know like uh style of uh, style of playing the ukulele and then kind of merge the two so i feel like that's definitely one of them another one that's more modern of course is body surfing gotta talk about body surfing mm-hmm. um same thing it's like uh it is an adaptation of a previous um, a song, so that that's like body surfing by Herb Ota Senior or Ota San. Song was great. Song is you know the song is awesome. It, it was a really you know like virtuosic uh, kind of take on the ukulele. But I feel like when Jake did his version, it really transformed it to being very uh, like kind of band or or uh, or competition friendly. Like I, I went to to a lot of ukulele competitions, and a lot of people played that song when you know when I was um, participating in ukulele competitions. Now now I'm, I'm I'm too scared to lose now, so I don't like I don't enter competitions uh, competitions anymore. But yeah, I, I feel like body surfing has all that because it's it's still traditional in a way that like there's you know there's uh there's the, the, the strumming you know aspect of of that song remains very traditional to the ukulele but then it's got kind of like more of a flamenco feel with the uh, with, with the chord progressions and stuff 
And um, especially in the uh, in the horrible ultra version of that, which is omitted from the uh, pure heart version. But yeah, all that's got all the all the makings of an of an awesome instrument. So body serve, and of course now you know like popularized by um, people like Taiman Garner and and people like uh, Honokan Azita, like when when they were playing together, that. Like particular your version of uh, of body surfing where they're playing, I think in like Waikiki Beach got like millions of hits and views and stuff. So, and of course that spawned like all these you know like uh, all these covers of that particular version of uh, of, of body surfing. Um, I did a version of body surfing based on the um, uh, we talked about this how many podcasts ago where like. Uh, my my holy grail of like ukulele videos, like oh, ukulele bible yeah, and stuff, yeah. is based on uh, what is that show called? Hot Hawaiian Nights. Mm -hmm. Hot Hawaiian Nights. That was the one where they're playing at um, uh, the Aloha Tower. Okay, you're now, talking about uh, Pure Heart. Pure Heart, yeah, Pure Heart is yeah. playing. Yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, let's see what's you know what's uh, what's another one? Like what's another instrumental? Um, while my guitar gently weeps. Yeah. yeah, so that definitely, you know, like that's a very, very, very highly influential one where like everyone wanted to learn it. And that's kind of like uh, for, for a lot of people back then at that time period, they were like, this is the pinnacle of ukulele. This is like, mm -hmm. this is what you can do with, with like years of hard work. You know, on the ukulele, and then like kids were playing it like after three weeks of playing it or something, <laughs> and it, it like really started this this revolution back in like I want to say two thousand seven, two thousand six. You know, of mm -hmm. uh, of ukulele players, especially YouTube ukulele players and stuff. Before there were like these YouTubers, you know, nowadays it's like just just people who would who would find that that um, that video originally from I believe um, ukulele disco. Like yeah. that, they were the ones who originally put that video up, and since then it just it blew up into something completely different. Mm -hmm. um, I guess if we're going, you know, like famous ones, the the one of the first very famous ones that that inspired a lot of people to pick up the ukulele song for Anna, you know, like by by Ota San. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of people, you know, like are familiar with it because it's 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 a while back. But you know, like uh, people in 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 the eighties uh, really picked up the ukulele and, and wanted to learn that kind of um, that's where chord melody solo ukulele you know uh, really started to kind of take off because of uh, of Ota-san's take on uh, song for Anna. Mm -hmm. All right, so okay. those are all so appropriately all, rated. Yeah, that's that's like those are obvious ones. Yeah, yeah, those yeah. are obvious. Now let's get to the less obvious songs. All right. Yeah. So. Uh, for me, let's see. So this, I, I was trying to make it last long so I could keep thinking <laughs> so you know, like, about songs yeah. to, uh, to, to, to do. But um, I feel that uh, one, On Fire. I feel, I feel like On Fire was definitely like Troy Fernandez's attempt of like, of, of what like uh, while my guitar gently weeps, where people viewed it as the pinnacle of the ukulele, I felt like when um, when Troy Fernandez played that song, he wanted to show that like that this is like what you can do with an ukulele after years of hard yeah. work, you know. And everybody viewed it as such. Yeah, yeah. at the time in yeah. like the in yeah. the nineties, the, the it was yes. appropriately rated. But I think now, yeah, it is yeah. underrated. It's underrated. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody nobody really knows about it that much, you know, like. 
And when, when people do learn it, it's like, ah, oh, it's like two chord progressions is over and over. It's not like that special or whatever. But yeah, no, it is like, because a lot of the things that, that, uh, that Troy Fernandez did in that track were like, were, like were revolutionary, you know, mm -hmm. like, like a lot of the, uh, like the kind of fast. Like that, yeah, those yeah. kind of runs, you know, like that was pre Jake Shimabukuro. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Like those really fast, like kind of strumming lines. A lot of people will watch Troy and they're like, oh, he's really good at picking and he's like got that pointer finger that does the, uh, you know, does the tremolos and stuff. But uh, people don't really know. Like he's, he's a, he, you know, he's an all around ukulele player. Mm -hmm. He can also strum. He can, he can play some really beautiful, you know, like, uh, um, like chords, you know, up here. Like, and yeah. So he knows how to add color, you know, Def definitely knows, knows all that. And I think On Fire, very underrated. Back in the 90s, yes, like people people thought that was like, that's it, you know. And I think it's underrated because because it was perceived as so difficult that not a lot of people learned it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, because it was like, no, nah, I'm never going to learn that. Like, I like listening to it, though. And yeah. I know the whatever. And like, and only few like select ukulele players actually took the time and learned that song. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... For me, my first, and in no order, <laughs> yeah. first is going to have to be um, On Fire. Mm -hmm. this, this Kyle Crater Boys. Yeah, Kyle Crater Boys On Fire. Um, oh, I forgot. Another one in the in the, the doi category is, yeah, 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 is, is Europa. It's another yeah, one. Yeah. It's, that's, that's in the, the doi category. Uh -huh. Okay. <laughs> um, does it have to be recorded or just songs in general that's done on the record? up to you like, okay. what what do you <laughs> feel I mean that that if it's not recorded then that's mm. definitely underrated uh, as well right mm -hmm. you mean like songs where people only play it live like there's or just I mean because because another one that, that I want to I want to break up of course is uh, is crazy G it's another one of those instrumentals that is is in the Dodori category you know yeah because yeah. Okay. Yeah, because uh, yeah of course that's that's one but um, one that I really like, and uh, and hasn't really been recorded. I don't. I don't think is. Uh, and I I've done it. A lot of you know. A lot of my friends have done it as well. With me, without me, whatever is uh, is Breezin. Love, love, love that song. Four chords over and over and over. And then mm -hmm. Jake added the one chord. You know, I'm always gonna give him credit for that. I didn't come up yeah. with that. Yeah. So like Jake added that one thing. Yeah. Like Jake played it. I played it. Brittany has played it. You know, with the um when she was she was doing this this festival. I, I remember I wasn't there, but we played it together. Also, um, Kale has played it. You know, Chris Fujigami has played it. Like the the greats. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like that We've made a bunch of ukulele yeah. players play it. <laughs> <laughs> but if if we're not gonna count that because it's not it, it's not recorded and it's kind of one of those like if you know you know yeah. kind of kind of thing. If we don't count those, um, another one for me. Wait, that is, one isn't on K Town Heroes. Yeah, but we don't count. <laughs> listen to us. We're not like one of the main, <laughs> you know, we're not one of the mainstream ukulele players. <laughs> okay, so another uh, another ukulele instrumental, I believe that is uh, is underrated. Is is gonna have to be. Oof. Ah, misty. Misty. I, I was trying to think of a of a jazz song. Misty. It's it's like it is a jazz standard, and it is an ukulele jazz standard. Misty. Um, 
don't know who did it originally, but I mean, the one that, that everyone's familiar with is the one by uh, Johnny Mathis and, and I mean, tons of others and stuff, but that's mm-hmm. the one that I'm familiar with. But, you know, um, Jake has recorded Misty in, in his, you know, in his album. Um, I, I've, I've heard, you know, Byron Yasui play Misty. I've heard uh, uh, Uncle, Benny. Uncle Benny, you know, um, yeah, Benny Chong has played it. You know, uh, Abe has played it. It's mm-hmm. like all these great jazz ukulele players have that one song in their in their arsenal at all time okay mm. it's kind of like how us modern ukulele like like jammers that come from hawaii always have body surfing yeah. in our you know in our bag like they will always have misty in their bag do you think uh jake's version is like the first one you heard on uke um well when when i heard misty it was uh, I, I first heard it from uh, from Benny Chong, Benny Chong. But oh, okay. like I and then I heard Jake play it while he was on tour with Benny Chong. It was like oh, okay. Benny Chong, Byron Yasui, Gordon Mark, Jake Shimabu <laughs> Oh man! It was like they were they were on tour. The four of them were on tour, and they're like so. Gordon Mark would go first, and is very like very um, you know laid back, very romantic, um, you know kind of take on the ukulele. Rest in peace, Mr. Gordon Mark. Um, and then. You know, and then Byron Yusu would come on, and then uh, and then Benny Chong. It would just like get progressively, <laughs> you know, like uh, right. more modern and faster. And then Jake would be would be the last, and would take everyone to the moon, you know. But yeah, I heard, you know, I I, I saw a recording of, uh, of of Benny Chong play that song, and then then I saw Jake play it. But I feel like Misty, it's like it's so it's so free. And the chords are so are so wonderful that like you can actually do a lot of cool stuff with it. And uh, with Jake's recording, he kept traditional with the uh, with with the beginning of the song, how it's like really like quiet and very jazzy, and then he kind of like went kind of upbeat mm-hmm. jazz with it. Loved it, loved that take of, uh, of of Misty. But if you're just gonna do Misty just by its, you know just by itself, oh. Neil Chin also plays that song. Yeah, it's one yeah. of those like if you're if you even consider yourself a jazz musician on yeah. the ukulele, you have to learn that song. And I feel like that's why it merits a spot in my in my three like yeah. underrated like ukulele instrumentals. I think I mean that's just like a jazz standard in general, yeah. right? Yeah, and yeah. to the point where it's like when you go to jazz clubs in New York or something, you go, "Can you play Misty?" They might be like. Ah, uh, you want us to play that song, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. right? But like, yeah, yeah for <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I, I was between that autumn leaves and summertime, but I feel like yeah. autumn leaves and yeah. summertime, like it's just like Probably, if you if you yeah. ask like a jazz player, like can you play autumn leaves or can you play summertime, yeah. I'm like fine, I'll play that song. you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I always get yeah. that kind of vibe whenever I, guess I ask so. them. But if you ask them, like, can you play Misty? You're like, oh, oh. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's why I went with Misty and one of my personal favorite like jazz songs. You know, on mm-hmm. on, on the ukulele, just that, mm-hmm. that, that like oh. right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> beautiful. See, there's so much stuff that you can do with yeah, it. Really, love, really love, cool love voicings and um, and the last one. I mean, it's it's getting more and more difficult because now, okay. So the first one we got this really like kind of you know new take on like um on ukulele back in the nineties, where like that was the pinnacle of you mm-hmm. know of, of ukulele. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then yeah, I feel like that sort of kicked off the like our wave. Yeah, yeah, yeah of 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 ukulele. Yeah. 
um, because I guess the more modern, the more like mainstream it is now because mm -hmm. like, because the internet, but back then, like if you know, you know, yeah. you know, so the last one, let's see, we have on fire, we have misty and I, I'm going to have to give it to my friend on this one. I feel that like. An ukulele instrumental, if you're really serious about the ukulele, you would go listen and learn Mach 4. Like just, uh, it's, it's, uh, that's interesting. yeah, like, <laughs> it's got everything. It took that whole, it's like, it's Kalei Gamiao's Mach 4. Yeah. I mean, I got, I got to give it to my friend. He wrote an amazing song. Like, just the little nuances that he does because i watched him for like a, we toured together for years and i watched him play that song every time and it's just like it boggles my mind you know like i'm a guy who usually can break down stuff but there's things that he's doing in there little subtle like right hand things where uh, i'm i can pick the melody out but the things that he does in between the melodies it's like that what why would you like what how you know, how did you fit like these into like in, into that already busy, you know, like melody line, but Kalei manages to do it. And um, and I think that his uh, his attack precision and just dynamics of that whole in, in on that song in general is uh is something that that's that people will be will be looking at for years you know mm -hmm. like people will be listening to that song or like watching the live performance and really breaking it down and the genius of of that song i mean that and his his rendition of kiss from a rose you know mm -hmm. like it, it, it could be any one of those two i i was, <laughs> I was having a hard time picking between those two but i'm gonna take it to give it to mock four because at least with kiss from a rose like i'll listen to it because it's slow enough i'm like okay cool i understand what he's doing but mock four it's like yeah no i will just listen to the album i because i'm a uke player usually i can just play things that you know that i want to like that i want to learn not that yeah <laughs> i can't and, i can't and... do that yeah, I I feel yeah. like that's valid as well because every time that we traveled and yeah. you ran into like a kid, like yeah, a young yeah, yeah, young kid yeah. coming up wanting like really serious it's, about ukulele, that, yeah. they have that. Like yes. they they've at least attempted yeah. it and yeah. and want to learn. And same thing like the if you know, you know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's not it was yes, it it was a little bit mainstream because it's Calais mm. and Calais is like a mainstream ukulele player. Mm. But that's not one of the songs that people would actively seek out and learn in in like in droves. You know, it's just the like the select few who yeah. feels like no, I can do that. I can yeah, I yeah. can pick that song and and learn it because that is a challenge. That I feel like is in the same breath as like as back in the, in the uh, in the nineties listening to On Fire. When you yeah. listen to it, you're like. I can't learn that or like no I think I think can you know I think can so there's like <laughs> kids who will listen to or like really good ukulele players that will listen to Kalei's Mach 4 they're like nah I think can I, think uh, yeah, can. Yeah. I wasn't one of those yeah <laughs> I, have, I have no idea how I'm gonna get there yeah. but I want to get yes. there yeah. yes so yeah. I feel like those three are the most influential like uh underrated influential ukulele songs mm -hmm. or people like, should listen to. or people should listen to it people should listen to on fire they're like oh, okay because uh, on fire has i mean troy fernandez threw everything but the kitchen sink like as far as his <laughs> yeah. like arsenal of techniques everything's in there uh -huh. everything uh, so if you learn on fire you will learn 
the you know uh, the style of uh, of Troy Fernandez. Everything's in there. Misty, if like if you want to learn how to play ukulele jazz, if you learn how to play Misty, you get a good idea of like of what ukulele jazz is. Now, to all the aspiring ukulele virtuosos, if you learn Mach four, and if you play <laughs> it as you know like even close to uh, to how Kale plays it, I would say you're pretty good. You know? Yeah, yeah. I think those three. Although I, yeah, I would have to say you, you probably would have to ask Kalei yeah. about some of the things that he's doing. Yeah. Like ask him specifically, yeah. and then practice. That. Yeah, like you, and even you then, can, I'll you be can like, figure oh, out more. Like, <laughs> yeah, you can figure out like the the skeleton of it. But, yeah, but you would yeah. have to ask him. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. I I feel like uh, it's kind of interesting because, like you said, how mm. like on fire, and then it's like kind of for this new generation is mm. like Mach four. Yeah, I I feel like in the same same sense, it might be like Misty, and then like you said, Breezen might be like this generation's where they're like, mm. oh, it's like a nice kind of jazzy song. It's it's a good like um uh let's let's get together and just improvise yes yeah. you know let's just cut heads for fun yeah you know it's like, a nice foundation yeah. to jam over like the chords are easy mm. enough and then there's like there is like a melody but mm. then from that melody we can expand yeah. more upon yeah, yeah. It, right so so like when you know when when like really ukulele players that like that know what they're doing jam on uh on Breezen, it's like you're gonna see some magic. You see some fireworks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Every I, time that we do it, it's I know. Fun. Like I, I don't know what I was doing against like Clay and and Abe, but I was just trying to sit back and watch the show as like as Abe just threw fireworks at me and coming. <laughs> Never mind. You know, like all good then. I guess you're the man. You know. <laughs> mm. But yeah, I, I, you know, in, in my personal collection, I, I feel like that's that's one of them. And you know, like, um, I have a whole like album full of instrumentals but i feel like those three are like the most influential yeah i think those yeah. are good picks and yeah. good and interesting picks yeah, yeah. I, I mean yeah, there's yeah. reasons i was trying to figure out like reasons of why those you know because there's <laughs> lots of great instrumentals but i feel like if we're looking for you know like uh i mean i don't know if you guys said like most influential ones but i feel like ones that would you know like is a must listen to Mm-hmm. Yeah, like by you know by people. Like if you listen to this, not only are you listening to a song, but you're listening to like a snapshot of ukulele history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I I know you would never say it, but I would throw Senor Victor in oh, there. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> because like that, as far as underrated, mm-hmm. because like going back to like those kids that are really serious, mm-hmm. we we hear a lot of them trying to. Tackle Bandito yeah, Tyler. Yeah. I was, I was Bandito um, Tyler is like oh, yeah, that's, is, that's that. <laughs> yeah, well, the, no, that one is the most like better known of the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. But, but I, I would say Senor Victor is the, it's better, the more difficult. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, the it's, more difficult. It's, the more difficult it's like it's just a better piece. I I feel mm-hmm. overall, mm-hmm. but Thank more you. more people like would have heard Bandito Tyler and mm-hmm. wanted to tackle it. Yeah. But if you really listen to Senior Victor yeah. and you, you're you serious about ukulele and want to try it, there's like a lot of nuance in there. Oh, thank yeah. you. Um, I didn't want to talk about horror. Yeah, I figured you wouldn't, <laughs> no, but that no, well, should be um, there. The biggest, I feel like, one of the biggest smiles on my face was, uh, and, and biggest compliments was we were um, we were touring I believe Thailand mm-hmm. and uh, and Rio R I O yeah not R Y O uh, Rio 
was like was was teasing me and Kale because he was playing Mach Four and whatever. Uh-huh. And then I was like, ha ha, he's like fl- playing your songs. And then all of a sudden, Rio goes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he goes like. I was yeah, like, oh snap! At one point in Rio's life, he sat down, listened to and, it, and, and actually, and, and actually tried like, to... learned it. I was yeah, like, yeah. that, wow, you just made me so happy. Like, you just put such a big smile on my face, knowing that, yeah, at one point in his his ukulele life, he like sat down and like, let me listen to this and let me try to figure it out. Yeah. Because, you know, like, yeah, that was I was so happy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I feel like out of all of the ukulele yeah. players that were trying to get that that infinity gauntlet, like, <laughs> it was like him, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Rio had every single jewel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, of the ukulele players that were actively yeah, yeah. trying to to get get everybody's right, information, right, right. like you know how they do everything, yeah. he was really like he dedicated like. A good chunk of his life mm-hmm. trying to find out yeah. how everybody does. I taught him everything. the uh, like the like the triplet on the one string kind of mm-hmm. because when he was doing that, he was doing that, uh-huh. which is fine. Yeah, but it's actually this just uh, single string because you can keep that that like um, that form uh-huh. and and still get that like. That snare that I'm thinking, not snare, but hi hat in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that little? See, like little things like that. <laughs> yeah, for for the... Mach Four, you would have to ask Kalei yeah. just for like yeah. you know, tips and pointers. I was gonna say, like, wasn't that like the kind of the same story too, where it's like, mm-hmm. uh, what did you listen to, like that Ukulele Friends CD or mm-hmm. something, and they have a song there, and you're like how do they do this? And then you figure out the harmony and then it turned out that there's like, no, we just, each of us just played one oh, note. Oh, that's right. Like, um, uh, G minor fleas, which yeah. is, that should, that should be in, but I mean, it's on a list of three. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Yeah. G minor fleas is, is another, uh, another really good one. Um, a nice fourth. Too. It was, uh, it was yeah. actually done by Herbalta Jr. And Brian Tolentino. Yep. According to Uncle Brian, um, uh, I guess um, Herb got you know like called up Uncle Brian to go meet up at like at uh, where is it Kapiolani Park mm-hmm. and okay well, we need another song for this album I want to like uh, I want to feature you in it mm-hmm. so they sat down came up with that song in like an afternoon or whatever it's like okay cool <laughs> we'll just play these chords I guess we'll just do that and then and then they did it in like an afternoon so yeah. I'm just like wow because I'm a big fan of that song you yeah. know? so I'm G-Mire like Feliz. So, and, and finally getting to meet like um, Brian Tolentino I'm like oh, just low key kind of really like you know I know not a lot of people recognize the name Brian Tolentino uh, like uh, past the you know like past the Hawaiian music and past mm-hmm. the you know like the Kamaka connection and stuff but you know, like he was. I remember. I recognize that name being featured in the uh, in the uh, Otasan Junior or Ota, Herbal to Junior album. But yes, they uh, they they both did this part where it's like um, it's like a harmonized ukulele part during the bridge. But I didn't know that it was like it was two, two ukuleles. ukuleles. And you know, like as a kid in high school, I didn't know about overdubbing or whatever. <laughs> I know high school kids now know about all that stuff. But back then, like I didn't know. It was the '90s, you know. So, um, I was like, how am I, I mean, I hear the two notes, maybe if I just do this, and yes. I, uh, da, 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 uh. 
like two two different ones. That's not even like the notes, but it works. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. When when, uh, when when I do it. Uh, so then, um, when when I became a part of the band Makalea mm-hmm. with Mark, and Mark knew one of the parts, I was like, ah, so easy. I just have to play. Like, yeah. the, I don't have to play both parts. I can just play the one part. Yeah. Yeah. It's so yeah. It is like you know, Rio's like, oh, isn't this what you do? Just because he like <laughs> hears it but can't see it. Yeah, and yeah. the same thing too, where it's like you're just like, oh, this is what they're doing, right? And then yeah. it turns out like, no, we just play each part separately. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. We talked about Uncle Brian Tolentino before, mm-hmm. but maybe he like he would be on the list of most underrated players. I think. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We gotta well so, hmm? bring that up next week. Yeah, <laughs> we got a lot of <laughs> questions in the chat. Oh yeah, sure, sure, yeah. sure. Let's go to the questions. Sorry, it's talking on and on about like, oh, <laughs> man, this song and that song and this song. I'm like an old man. Yeah. But, uh, I guess listeners you know. <laughs> got got some things to okay. Okay, go ahead. work. Uh, so Genevieve said, "I have a question. Where did the name Ukula Underground come from?" Ooh, I think that. Uh, can be answered by the person who came up with the name Ukulele Underground. Go ahead. Because <laughs> um, I did not come up with the name Ukulele Underground. It was yeah, Aaron Nakamura. I, I think it was just like brainstorming sessions. It was like mm. me, me and Ryan, we knew that we wanted to mm. start the company. Mm-hmm. And then Ryan, um, Ryan Isaki. Isaki. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so, yeah. So I, I, I think I still have the notebook where I was just writing down a bunch of different... Yeah ideas names. yeah and I, i'm a fan of alliteration so you you <laughs> i i kind of knew that it was going to yeah. be you you yeah. from the Good. beginning can you share any of the other names or no uh yeah like well we we did get um <laughs> ukulele uprising ukulele uprising yeah we yeah. did have that domain i don't know if we still yeah. have it but mm-hmm. ukulele uprising um it might still be a live site actually <laughs> yeah yeah ukulele uprising we we were planning to resurrect that. Um, mm. uh, what, what else? We had a few others that weren't UU, but yeah. I tossed them out because... Yeah, because it wasn't UU. I, yeah, because it wasn't UU. <laughs> yeah. Aaron Alcamora is the visionary for people <laughs> on the ground. People keep forgetting that. Literally. Yeah. And, and then part of it too was mm. I wanted it to not just like be about us or about mm-hmm. Aldrin. I wanted it to be a community mm-hmm. of people, like like a place that ukulele players can go mm-hmm. and interact. So like the yeah. forum, ukulele underground yeah. forum was a big part of it, like from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. We wanted a place where, where people could come and interact with each other, yeah. toss ideas around, bounce ideas off of each other. So like the underground, like this, this secret society <laughs> that like, you know. If you know, you know. Yeah, I really wanted, <laughs> wanted to convey that in the name as well. So Nice. Yeah. There, there it is. They're from, straight from the mouth of the person who came <laughs> up with Ukol Underground. <laughs> Uh, where did the name Pure Mark? No, no, no. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> okay, who who is that? I don't even know. This is a YouTube guy. Yeah. He's alright. Uh, <laughs> okay, next question. Uh, Jim says, uh, "How many songs should you have in your set list, and how do you choose songs for your set list?" Mm-hmm. Uh, he also asks, "Are there any must-have songs?" Um, let's see. Um, how many songs? I feel like enough songs to fill like certain uh certain sets. So you should have a two or three song set because sometimes people just go like, oh, just, I need you to play like two or three songs. Mm-hmm. So you have a two or three song set. Have a 15-minute song set. Okay? Have a 30-minute set. 
and have an hour set and have a two hour set if if you play a lot you know like usually if you're uh if you're new to the scene if you're new to the stage and stuff it's you just worry about the two or three songs 15 and 30. that's like uh, I, you know you should be just kind of honing those in and then once you get those what you do is you take the songs from the 15 30 minutes those should be like your really good songs you know and um take that and just put some filler songs in between <laughs> and that becomes your one hour song and then just put more filler songs in between that and you have your two hours set until like and then you figure out more songs that work and then you start to take out the fillers and then you just fill it up with just all good songs yeah and that's that's really it as far as like what's what kind of songs your your set should have it should have everything i mean you know like variety is good you ever <laughs> and i don't want to knock on on anyone but like i've been to uh since since i'm from hawaii i've been to many many reggae concerts <laughs> that like it's the same beat it's the same, same tempo chords. same chords <laughs> for like four six hours like every single band every single city they're like nah they played this and it was that and like no it's come on <laughs> like i love it you know what i mean like yeah. I, i'm not hating on like i'm saying i'm not you know I, I don't even call people out or whatever but if you go to like to a reggae concert it's gonna be reggae the whole concert, you know? And same thing, if you go to an ukulele concert, uh, chances are you're gonna hear ukulele-ish kind of songs. And, and, and like, even though there might be different tempos, because a lot of times people just wanna strum. And it'll sound the same, no matter if you do. But if it's the same groove, just in different, you know, in different tempos, it's, you know, it's, it's gonna, be kind of boring like after a while you know so um make sure to put uh put songs with different you know different grooves uh make sure to put songs with different tempos make sure that you know like it's not just banger after banger after banger you're gonna tire out your audience you know there should be room to breathe for you and for the audience if you're doing like say a one hour set if it's just yeah if it's just heavy hitter after heavy hitter it's not great either you're because like um what what like, would be the graph of your one hour set like oh, if you were I, I feel like like uh a small spike in the beginning where like there should be one song to get the spike started and mm -hmm. then maybe the second or third song is the spike just and to get like, get the audience's yeah, attention like whoa what's i guess we're at a concert you know what uh -huh. i mean like uh -huh. uh, but if you're just playing like really soft stuff like as, for the first three or four songs and like then that sets the mood for people to think that like oh they're just playing soft music mm -hmm. you know i guess i can go get a drink or use the bathroom or something yeah. you know what i mean yeah. like i don't want anybody doing that so i mean you know go if you gotta go but <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> but then, like, and this is specifically for your set yeah for my set yeah, yeah for my set yeah. now yeah, so after, you know, like, I'll, I'll play on another song or two that will, uh, uh, that, that will kind of wind things down. Not quite slow, but slow enough to wind things down. And then maybe I'll, I'll stick to that for, for two or three songs and then, like, spike it up again. And then same thing. So I just like this, you know? And then mm -hmm. right at the end, it's just, like, hang on tight. Yeah. You know, because that's, like, it's going to be the end. It makes it more memorable for, for people to kind of just, like really spike it at the end and give it everything that you got because like you should reward the people who sat there for that long like listening to you for that long and like and kind of end their journey with you um in in a in a high notes and uh and if you're lucky enough to get a um like an encore or a hana hole then that's whatever you feel you can end it with with another spike or you can kind of mellow things down because um something 
uh, something like like body serving, talking about body serving, something body serving is a great way to end, you know, to end a, a show or a concert or a set or whatever. But something like um, like Danny's song can also uh, be a great, uh, great way to end a concert, you know, like mm -hmm. have everybody saying, even though you ain't got money, which mm -hmm. is what we did at the um, at Michigan, you know? Yeah, because because, so, yeah, if we we end with like a really banger song. Yeah. yeah. And then they, there's a Hana hole. Yeah. Then yeah, can, yeah. Can you top that last yeah, that one? Last, if you last. can't, then then bring it yeah, down. Bring and, it back and, down. And make it more about the audience. Yeah. Because I guess at that point, like we've already kind of done our job. You yeah. Know, we 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 did all the songs. They were super happy. We hit it at one with one big spike right at the end. If the audience wants more, make it about the audience. If mm -hmm. if you can, you know. If not, if you want to make it more about yourself, you have to top that last song. That you yeah. Did, you know, which is yeah. also fine. There's nothing wrong with it. And I've done that many times. You know. So uh, yeah, that's my basic like I guess blueprint for like for for at least my shows. You know. Should people like account for, you know, if they're doing like half an hour or an hour, should they also try and account for uh, like talking in between each song too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's part of the show. You're, you're right. But you shouldn't talk that much. Yeah. I mean, like, unless you're really comfortable with it. And mm -hmm. in that case, like, you should know how many songs with your talking will fit in a 30, 15, like, 30 minute set. Should they should they kind of try mm -hmm. to have like more songs than they need so that you know at, if at the end of like them playing and talking and everything, and or like you said, there's like an encore or something. It's like oh, I have this song in my back pocket, then I can bring yeah. this one out. So just like yeah. one extra but the, one. The last Hana whole song doesn't really you know doesn't really matter. It's it's more it's more fun if you make it more fun. But like sometimes like. I, I will diffuse an audience with their mm. Hana hole just to get people going because maybe like the manager of wherever <laughs> yeah. I'm playing are like depends on where gotta, you're yeah, playing. we gotta wind things down so we gotta get people out of here. Like if you keep playing like that, people are not gonna wanna leave or you know? So yeah. we'll like we'll we'll go with a real like, you know, uh um I don't know. Um let's see. Like a slow, like a, any kind of yeah. slow song, you know, like we'll, we'll end it with, with something like that. But still nice that we're not like you know, um, compensating mm -hmm. our, our talents, but it's, uh, it so, also, it also depends too, right? Like, I know you guys, like, mm -hmm. if you're going to have, uh, everybody else from like the event or something, come back on stage. And yeah. That's guys, another good one. Yeah. Like you get, I know you guys did like stand by me. Right. I think yeah. in, um, where is it? Like, yeah, I forget, but we also did like, um, you, you know, like, uh, I think we did, how can it get over at the yeah. first, um, uh, San Francisco Youth Fest, you know, with with everyone singing along, with like us and Craig and Sarah, and you know, like in U three and stuff. It was it was pretty good. And Steven Espanola, um, yeah. So those are my blueprints. But you know, be you. Basically, just feel out the audience. But I, the best advice I can give is just read the audience. If they're not into a like big crazy spike kind of songs, then don't don't give them that if that's not what they want yeah. you know like so just read read the audience that's a, that's the best advice i can give sure have like a set list of whatever you're gonna do but if you have the set list don't be set on doing your set list <laughs> but like you know um feel out what the audience is looking for because i could go to like to like a local party for example you know where like it's just nothing but people from hawaii wanting songs and they from their childhood and whatnot i'm not gonna be playing like 
like friend of the devil or things like that. We're like, who is the Grateful Dead? And I know for people who are watching, they're like, what? How do people not know? People don't know. You know, like a lot of people don't. And, um, <laughs> but I, I'll, I'll play something from like Hawaii Kane where like you guys are probably like, who is Hawaii Kane? But then here in Hawaii, they're like, yeah, Hawaii Kane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> things like that. Know your audience, know what you're playing for and know what they want. Yeah, we make that joke, right? Like, yeah. oh, Kyle Crater Boys wrote that song, right? Yeah. But here, like at parties, like that might not be a joke. Like yeah, people yeah, think like that, no. that, that is a Kyle Crater no. Boys original, right? So. Like play that one by the Manal Company. It's like, like what 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 song? It's like drop, baby, drop. Don't you mean Eddie Grant's? <laughs> no. <laughs> what? We don't care. Just play the Manal. No. Eddie Grant. Yeah, just, yeah. just play that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't want to hear Electric Avenue. Okay? <laughs> I don't want to hear Drop Baby Drop. Yeah. So don't play Eddie Grant and play Manao Company instead and play Drop Baby Drop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We should play Electric Avenue. That's a good song. <laughs> I like that song, Stepping Out. Oh, yeah. And I only really know it from Manao Company, but I know it's somebody else. It's, it's, uh, like a, it's by... Is it Steel Pulse? Steel Pulse. Yeah, yeah, Steel Pulse. Yeah. Open One of those, yeah. comes rest of my... Uh, I like your house. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to hear a recorded version because I've heard Manal Company cover it. And I was at the um, White Maya Town celebration mm -hmm. and Manal Company was like, was the, um, they weren't the headliner. No, they, they were the headliner. Mm -hmm. It was funny because uh, Patti yeah. was, before, was before them and then had Manal Company as, as the headliner. Patti did great. And he was like at the top of his game, like Island Girls just came out yeah. and stuff, you know, like that that song. And I think Patti was kind of like, you know, like he was like, oh, I'm the I'm the new business or uh -huh. whatever. And Manal Company. And then I guess the night before, like Sean Nawal, like headlined the uh, the thing. So uh, Sean Nawal stayed an extra day, played with the Manal Company, had oh. the original lineup from Manal Company. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, so Patti's there. I'm the new business and stuff. And then Manal comes and just kills it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. slays yeah. it, you know. Just and, a reminder. Yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> and they said something to Patti at the oh. end of the show where like, I forgot what, it, what exactly the words but it was kind of like like you know better luck next time <laughs> like oh oh it was so good oh man because because yeah once once shot that wall came out i'm like yeah this is over this is yeah like, right. so, <laughs> oh call an ambulance but not for me yeah oh so good anyway yeah yeah next question sorry i'm just going off my memories yeah uh, Jiggy with Viggy said, "Hey pal, uh, hey Jiggy with Viggy, how's it going?" <laughs> yep. Uh, so they uh, they have two questions. When it comes to mm. arranging chord melody tunes, what do you start with, the chords or the melody? And equally important, mm. if you were to build your own burger, what you put on it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Arguably more important. <laughs> yeah, arguably. Yeah. That's well, an easy... Whatever, yeah. you know, the first question. Let's get to the burger one. That, that's, a, that's an easy one. Let's go with the burger one first. Okay? <laughs> Two words beautifully put together by Oasis on the Beach is bacon jam. <laughs> okay? Burger. Basically, just take the Oasis burger. I'll just take that yeah, every yeah. time. Burger, yeah. um, medium well, because I don't want it too bloody. And and um, kawaii, kawaii beef, beef kawaii yeah. ground beef, um, bacon jam, a little bit of rocket or or um, arugula for, mm -hmm. for some people. Um, and uh, and that she was like, geez, I'm not sure. Like, yeah, some kind of 
it's like some kind of goat cheese some kind of yeah i yeah, think so like, it might so have been goat cheese yeah, yeah. It's Kunana, goat cheese, dairy yeah. something like that yeah. local local dairy, <laughs> local dairy goat cheese kind of goat cheese medium well bacon jam arugula yeah oh, and, and brioche, tobacco onions tobacco onions tobacco onions. Yeah, yeah brioche bun brioche bun Toast the brioche bun. Yep. Because, I mean, why wouldn't you? That's that's a blasphemy to just put the brioche bun on top. <laughs> <laughs> I think that should be legal on any burger. But yeah, that. Perfect burger. Perfect burger. Just just don't even... Just take that burger from the Oasis and just that. Just yeah. build that exact burger and I'll yep. eat that every... Come visit uh, us on Wednesdays. Come visit and, us on Wednesdays. order the burger. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, when it comes to arranging chord melody tunes, what do you start with? The chords or the melody? It depends. You know what I mean? Like, um, it depends on the song. Sometimes, uh, sometimes the chords um, have you know, more of a melodic effect than the actual melody itself. For example, um, the uh, we were talking about Misty. You know, Misty. You kind of have to start with uh, with with the chords because the uh, the chords are kind of what tells the story. You know, like. Mm -hmm. da, da, da. Um, You know, like that kind of that kind of movement of like that that F major seven, and then like using that C minor as a, as a substitute for like an F seven because here's an F seven, right? Because it's gonna go from F. So that's that's what you would normally do. One then one with the seven. Dominant seven to the to the B flat to the four, right? But instead you get this major seven, which then you want to go down to this C minor. Now, how do we get that C minor? We're taking that that uh, that F seven. We're basically adding a nine. Okay, so an F seven add nine would be this, right? But then there's this there's this B flat here that kind of hints at that four. So. Hitting that four beforehand. Gives it a really, really nice like kind of jazz feel to it. Mm -hmm. Because now you got this walk down of Yeah. So sometimes it depends, you know, on, on, on the song. Most of the time, um, I would do melody first and then add the chords to it. Because the melody will, uh, will determine what inversion of the chord you want to use and what kind of colors you want to use with, you know, with, with that inversion. So for example, if we're doing like... So if you're playing here, sure you can play like the regular C, if, you know, it's gonna be in C. So sure you can play like the open C and just go. Then G7, or even just G7, mm -hmm. I guess. But then you can also take this inversion and play that, so it's a little bit closer. Or maybe use this inversion. We can use this inversion. And then you can like decide what color you want to add. So if you're for doing the inversion up here, if you don't want to just play like a regular, you know, C major, you can play like a C major seven. That would be like really nice. 
So like gives it a nice little color. So la, then you can make, maybe play the the C major seven here. So here's a C. That'll be the C major seven. So you can go. And instead of playing that that uh, G seven with this inversion, we talked about the nine that looks like this. Now you got something really, really, really cool. We're like, okay, I'm keeping the uh, the melody lines here on on the A nice and consistent, but then that determines what kind of voicing I add on top of uh, on top of that. So even if we if we use that, we can use other like voicings in. Uh, so instead of a C major seven, perhaps we can use like an A minor seven that has that same note in it, which is uh, the minor relative to C. So you can get some really cool stuff doing that. How when when I did here is basically this inversion of, of C, just with a with a low G instead, and then play that major seven behind it. What would that be? So up, up, up. Yeah. <laughs> so. And it just depends. You, you can take it yeah, even further. You can take it, you can take it so far. But yeah, yeah, love your stuff, Jiggy. Love your uh, love love your arrangements. I think your arrangements are fun, and uh, and I think they're really good for people who wanna like who wanna play and, and learn. You know the, the ukulele because it's it's nice and friendly. It doesn't get too like over convoluted with uh, with with different kinds of too fancy kind of chords. I like that you know that you're 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 giving a nice. Um, um, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Like pure sound to the ukulele because I think the more colors that you're adding, you're kind of like uh, taking away from the ukulele. Like sometimes, sometimes, sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, well, it's like uh, that's also the question, right? Like, what is your what is the purpose of your yeah, arrangement? Yeah, yeah, of the arrangement. Is it like mm -hmm. to sound like the original song and then try mm -hmm. and replicate that with chords and melody? Yeah. Or is it to like try and recreate the song in like a different style or you can yeah. use so many different options. But also like she adds stuff like, you know, she keeps this part nice and simple, but then she add mm -hmm. like the cool little like tapping stuff mm -hmm. here and there and whatever. So go check her out. Jiggy with Viggy. I think mm -hmm. in all like social media. <laughs> I think she's <laughs> Jiggy with Viggy on uh, on on Instagram and, and TikTok and all that good stuff. All the all the things that the young kids are into. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks, thanks. I, wow, what am I calling Kapila family watching the, <laughs> watching the podcast? Mm -hmm. Okay, next. Uh, Andre said, are there uh, any tips for the autumnal ukulele for outdoors and traveling? Hmm. Any tips for optimal ukulele for outdoors and traveling? Something that you wouldn't mind breaking, honestly, is like, <laughs> is that that's it? Like, because if you're using it for outdoors, that means it's going to be, um, uh, it's going to be exposed to the elements. You're gonna get lots of hot sun on it, or you know, if you live in colder weather, it's probably gonna get lots of cold weather on it. Um, if you know, if it rains all of a sudden, you say you take it to the beach with you, and it rains, it might get you know, might get a few rain drops on it. Um, just make sure that you're that you know that you're exposing it to elements. Um, dirt, sand, whatever it may be, you know, whatever it may be, it's gonna get on your ukulele. So it has to be something that you don't mind breaking down somehow. Um, 
for me, the best, uh, the optimal ukulele for outdoors and, and traveling. Uh, and I'm, I'm taking the word traveling as like, I'm just going to go to a place with my ukulele. I'm not going yeah, to play to gig or, or, yeah, to gig yeah. or whatever. If I'm going to gig, of course, I take my gigging ukulele. But if I'm just going just for fun, like say I'm visiting family, like, uh, I don't know, in California. And, um, and I just want to take an ukulele so that I have an ukulele to, to jam with at their place or whatever. Same thing. I would just take, uh, for me, I would take like the, the ukuleles that, you know, that I used when I was, uh, when I was kind of like learning, like my learning ukuleles, mm -hmm. that's the best ones to take. So if you like, say you learn on a kala or something, or like an Islander or like a, uh, Lanikai, like those ones, you know, like, or an Ohana and stuff like Anything that is like, that sounds decent. It doesn't have to sound like a K brand or, or whatever, you know, it doesn't have to be Hawaiian made. It just has to sound decent because it's just for you. You know what I mean? Like um, whatever that ukulele is for you or like you don't mind it being exposed to the elements still sound okay. And if it gets dinged up, you you don't you don't mind. That I feel like that's the optimal ukulele because I mean, I'm guessing you know that that uh, like which one should I bring with on my trip is what this what this question equates to. You know, it's it's not like you're gonna buy an ukulele specifically to take on your trip. Like that doesn't really make sense. You know, like I'm gonna buy a trip ukulele or an outdoor ukulele and stuff. You just have you know have an ukulele like a beater. You <laughs> yeah, is what they call it. Yep, you know, like that's so the term. Get get a beater ukulele. That's the best for outdoors and traveling. Add a beater ukulele. Um, then I take it to the beach. I take with to like to to kind of jam sessions, leave in the car kind. You know, I have um, I have a back then. My um, my applause ukulele was always in the uh, in in the car, and the thing is that it still sounds pretty good. <laughs> like, it doesn't have the back to it like opening anymore. Like, have you seen it in my garage lately? It's just in my garage. Just, yeah, just outside. Like, not even like. <laughs> so it's exposed to the elements all the time like 24 7. um if it's raining you know if it's raining outside all that like all that moisture going into the ukulele if it's so hot outside it's like that you know <laughs> that that temperature is going to go on it but it's my beater you personally i have a um a applause tenor ukulele that, that i use as a beater ukulele another one that you know that that i have i have a um I have an Islander that I got from, you know, from Kanilea not too, uh, I guess I shouldn't say not too long ago. 2017 was five years ago, <laughs> like 20, back in 2017. Um, I have uh, one that I got from Kamoa. I have a like spruce top Kamoa that I like to just kind of bring instead. And it's it's got, what's the best word to describe it it's got a really bright sound so it, it's it's good when i play with a lot of like the reggae guys so it's, it really feels like got, got that's that really skanky kind yeah. of sound you know so yeah those are those are my beater ukulele <laughs> those are all like over 200 bucks yeah, 300 but, bucks you know but... what i mean like you still want to sound good is what i'm trying to say yeah you know what i mean like, yeah, yeah well this one doesn't sound that great but it travels well it's like yeah but you don't want to play it you know uh, it doesn't sound great so yeah and then and then the opposite is true too right like yeah. if if you have the budget for it and yeah. you know if you you really want something that will last then Maybe, maybe you could drop some money and get like a good, <laughs> I mean, I would, I would recommend uh, Blackbird. 
Yeah. If you were, yeah, yeah, if you yeah. had, if you like have that, a, that's like a thousand dollars. If you had, like, yeah, yeah, like a thousand bucks just to throw <laughs> I mean, I for a beater. A like that, that's my beater. That's my <laughs> beater ukulele. But yeah, that. Yeah, they um, they sound get, they sound great I, and they last. They, I get like a fluke. Up. It's <laughs> yeah. it's just like half the price, kind of you know. Yeah, Aaron has a fluke right there, right yep. next to him. You know, like it's fluke. it's those it's those. Oh, ones actually, yeah. my beater the, we have like an Ohana mm. that has a crack in the top. Yeah, and it sounds great. <laughs> and so, like, I would I would have no problem bringing that anywhere and yeah. not caring, like mm. you know, really what what happens to it, but like. Mm. You know, if I wanted something that I wanted to play, if I was, you know, figuring was, out some stuff. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking about it like as it's kind of like a car, right? You can have a car mm-hmm. that it's like you just take to the beach and it's like, I don't care. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm going to leave like my windows rolled down and the keys in the car because if somebody takes it, they're <laughs> taking a piece of junk, right? <laughs> but then there's also yeah. people who buy like Jeeps to go like outdoors specifically to, and, to do the outdoor thing because yeah. they know that it'll like last and it'll be good right yep. so, yeah because yeah, you know like you, you hear guys like kyle who's had their ukulele stolen like in their car <clears throat> and stuff uh-huh. and, yeah and i think reese also my, my friend reese mauricio he had his his ukulele stolen like in his car uh-huh. like, way too many of those stories that, that i hear so it's like you know if it gets stolen if it's like a 200 ukulele it's like that's pretty sad because it's 200 bucks but See, yeah. that's not two thousand dollars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's like, yeah, I have an Islander that I use yeah. all the time, and then I keep it out. Like, I just keep it out all the time. Mm-hmm. But then my tailor, it's like I put it back in the case, <laughs> close it up. And, you know, if like I was playing it, and my nephew came in, he was like, "I want to play," and started to like really banging on it. I'd be like, "Ooh, that kind of oh. hurts a little bit. That makes me feel a little weird in my tummy." Yeah, I don't. My my daughter has a um a pink. No, no lavender colored like kala uh-huh. that she just like beats around and stuff <laughs> yeah was it ohana no it's kala whatever like their colored series mm-hmm. it's, it's uh give it to me my mim shout out to mim thank you for the uh the, uh you for my daughter okay next next uh william said yes. is there a ukulele size that is best for using the detuning and do certain tone woods lend themselves to the detuning oh like canadian tuning i guess so yeah um you know what it I mean, any any size will work. I, I feel like because in in Canada, where the detuning is you know is widely used and it's it's pretty normal, um, they use the detuning for like for all sizes of the ukuleles. And it's since you know it's it's like uh, required learning in you know in in the certain grade. I forgot what grade it was for uh, for Canada that that you learn you know you learn ukulele music through the ukulele, and that's all in detuning. It could be a soprano, it could be a concert, it could be a a tenor, at least when I went, you know, and I went to um, Victoria in in Canada. All the kids playing in that in that tuning, and I remember I, like had to retune my ukulele every single time. <laughs> when I got home, I was staying with uh, with Victor, and Victor would jam in in regular C tuning, uh-huh. and then like, and then when he would go to school here, like he tune it up and stuff. Oh. So going back and I uh, jam with Victor. And in C, going out in D again. So my uncle took a beating, and the strings took a beating when I did that to her. But yeah, I mean, any and not any one specific um, ukulele will will take the D tuning. You would think that like because it's so high, something a soprano would take it better. But like tenors can take that D tuning just just fine. I mean, 
James Hill plays a you know a bunch of uh, concerts and tenors and and baritone even you know and he uses the detuning and it's, and it's okay. So I don't think any you know anyone in specific it's fine. Um, do certain tone woods? Um, nah, because that's that's also like um, depending on what kind of sound you want it to sound like. It still carries the same characteristics. If you want a bright sound, you get something like spruce or uh, you know or, or redwood. And um, if you want a little bit more of a darker tone, then you get like mahogany. You know, so it's that same same kind of thoughts apply on on that. Regardless if you're using C or D tuning, D tuning is just like a your whole step. For those people who don't know, it's just a whole step up. So on all of your strings, yeah. so you would tune it so to instead of G C E A, it would be A D F sharp B. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that's really it's really all it is. It's just tuning your ukulele up up higher. I mean, and all the fingerings that, all are, are pretty much the, the same, same, but you would call them different names because they're a, they're a step up. Yeah. So this instead of G it would be an A, so on and so forth. But yeah, that that's it. I wouldn't. Look at detuning like something that's completely different. Or yeah, whatever. like it's, you would need same, another yeah. ukulele for. It'd be the same exact thing, just tuned a step higher. You know. Do you think there's like occasions where I don't know? Like I feel like if a ukulele sounds good in standard tuning, then yeah. probably sound good in other tunings that you throw at it, right? Like if anything, maybe if you slack mm. the strings too much, it might like start to hit the fretboard and you hear yeah. buzzing and stuff like that. But <laughs> detuning, since it's going up, you're not going to have that problem. No, right? so. I mean, yeah, just as long as you have the right gauges for, I think the string gauges is more important than the ukulele itself. Make sure that the string gauges like handle and you don't get strings that are like too high tension because you're going to tune it up even higher. So like uh, strings with too high tension might not be the best for detuning get like something like with a normal or like tension that's it i think that's more important than than the tone wood of, or whatever of, of the ukulele itself mm -hmm. yeah next just keep going yeah. i dig this uh so mauricio mirror said how long do you study slash practice a day oh 30 minutes I, or at least used to. <laughs> 30 minutes a day. Um, and just break down those 30 minutes. And, and the one thing to keep in mind is playing your ukulele doesn't count as practice. Playing, the, the keyword is there, which is play. You know, you can play ukulele all day. You can play the same songs you've learned. Doesn't necessarily make you a better ukulele player. It just makes you maybe better at those songs. You know, like practice is like working on like uh, maybe doing a warm up. Maybe doing like some scales or doing like technique or, or zooming in on a part in a song. Like those are what I would consider as practice. And if you sit down, practice for 30 minutes a day, I feel like it's the perfect length so that you have, you still have good retention, you know, like with, with your memory, it's not too long because there's, there's such thing as over practice. You can over practice 30 minutes, easily digestible. You can still retain a lot of the information that you, you know, that you learn in those 30 minutes. And it's not too intrusive in your day because I feel that like practice should be 30 minutes, but play should be all day. Yeah, <laughs> it should be all as day, much yes, as, you as much as you want. But practice 30 minutes, play all day that that's that's my uh that's my school of thought and um i think i talked about this last week perfect practice makes perfect not just practice makes perfect just because you're practicing for 30 minutes but if you're practicing like say 
the same chord progression. You're not really getting better, you know? Like uh, practice the, uh, like, like a key, like a whole key for 30 minutes. So maybe do warm-ups for five minutes, do 10 minutes of, uh, 10, 15 minutes of just of scales, you know, whether it be like um, practicing a scale down here in first position, in uh, first and second, for second and third position, or doing it in uh, in modes, you can practice in modes, you know, um, you can do, uh, you can practice the scales in a chord family and how that you know how that relates to like songwriting and whatnot there's so many ways to practice scales and it's not just because everybody gets bored everybody when, when i say the word scales that's like what all people think about but scales can be so much more than just do re mi fa so la tito so practice that and then so that's what like maybe even 15 20 minutes because i feel like that's like the the, the biggest part because if you can get good at a key at a key Say, for example, you you practice the key of C for like an entire week. You know the ins and outs, you know all the notes in, in the C scale on up and down your fretboard. You know all the chords and all the inversions and all the colors that goes with it. If you know all the uh, all the modes, if you can make, if you can do like a mixolydian scale and you know in, in, in C or whatever kind of you know scales in, in, in whatever modes in C. If you play a song in C ever again, like you're like, oh, I got it. I, why, why would I be scared of that song? You know, like, and that's what makes you better. But if you were just practicing a song in C, if you're just playing a song in C, you'll be good at that song. But what would be better is to practice the key of C so that anytime you're in that key, you got it. That's, that's how you should approach practice. Um, yeah, practice, not play. <laughs> Okay, next. Uh, Sean said, do you have strumming warm-up uh, that practice different hand movements or finger warm-up? Uh, do I have any strumming warm-up that practices hand movements or finger warm-ups? Yeah, like, I mean, just just the shake. We, you know, if, if mm, we have all these over at UU+, Plus, but mm, there's a little little <laughs> boost boosh of, of what we offer at, at UU+. Plus. Um, a little, a little tasty, a little taste test. But like, you, there's, there's the shake. So which, which is just kind of loosen up your wrist and making sure that, like, you know, all it's, it's all loose, and you're not just doing this. this. Is not the shake. That's just, just, just fingers running fast or whatever you call it. But it's this, the whole wrist kind of shaking. Okay. And then from there, you can do uh, Chris um, Salvador's rock on and inner piece. So you go rock on like this and make sure these, your pointer and your pinky finger is stretching back like this and your middle and ring finger stretching down with your thumb kind of, you know, holding it down like so with two hands, rock on. And then you, uh, you do the opposite, which is inner piece. So you take the two inner, uh, inner fingers and that's what you're stretching out like this. One, two, three, four, and you switch, two, three, four, switch, two, three, four, and you shake, two, three, four, and rock on again, rock out, inner piece, and rock on, inner piece. Or maybe do one rock on one inner piece and then switch to see if you got the coordination for that, you know? So I'll see if you, if you can do that coordination and then shake it all off like, uh, like mm -hmm. Taylor Swift. <laughs> Okay, those are things that, that would be good. Another finger exercise, of course, is the uh, is the spider. But I feel like if I give another amuse bouche, it's it's, no <laughs> it's, it's there. Well, he, he asked for strumming hand, right? Or yeah. What was it? 
I mean, that's that's just do, using both hands. Yeah. You know, like that's that's what that's what you can do. So strumming hand and then do uh, chord eighth, 16, 32, which is like quarter notes. So put put on like the metronome. Do uh, put on maybe 75 beats per minute or whatever. Just do one, two, three, four, then one and two and three. One e and a two e and a three and a four and a one. And then kind of switch between that. Do one, two, three, and four, and one and two, and three and four, and one and two. So just kind of mix it up, you know, like quarter, eighth, sixteen, thirty-two, and back. Bam. Next, just knock them all out. <laughs> okay. Uh, Chris said, "Do you ever get bored what? of the uke?" And if so, how do you get reinspired? Mm, I'll be lying if I say if I said no, because there's been times, you know, in, in my career where it's like, like a, but you know, how do you get reinspired? Pick up like I love music. It's not just like the I love sure I love the ukulele and I'm a big fan of it and I'm in love with this thing. Yes, um, but you know, it, it's I think it's music that I'm really in love with. So just creating music. Anything will get you re-inspired. I picked up the piano like three years ago, and that's really kind of like made me look at the way that I play chords on my ukulele. And now I want to restructure harmony, you know, on on my ukulele as far as the chords goes, because I'm like, well, I have two hands. If one hand is playing this chord, and maybe this hand is playing that chord, what does that sound like together? So it like makes me kind of like rethink about how I'm structuring certain, you know, certain chords and what voicings that those things kind of make. And then um, I picked up the bass during, uh, you know, also during the pandemic because I wanted to make those those uh, videos on YouTube and stuff. So kind of knowing how the bass works and the groove and stuff uh, made me think of how I groove on my uh, on my strums and rhythms on the ukulele. And also like it gives me a an appreciation of what my bass player is doing while I'm doing my thing. So it gives kind of an insight on doing something like that. Um, I tried to listen to to some you know to some pretty interesting stuff, some new things to get inspired that way. Um, I listen to um, uh, my I, I've been obsessed with for the past year is is um, J D Beck and Domi. So just amazing, amazing you know like uh, in, like instrumentation <laughs> because they don't really sing. They, I guess they sang in a couple of tracks, but it's not really sing. It's like talk singing. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm inspired by them and they're like. Their approach to rhythm and just the musicality of of of, uh, of their arrangements. I'm you know I'm a big fan. Also like I like uh, looking at different genres and different kinds of you know uh, in, in different countries as well. Like uh, I know K-pop is is big, but K R and B, good stuff. <laughs> like K-pop is great. K R and B, I feel like even better. Yeah. Yeah. R and B and soul. Yeah. Yeah. K Soul. K R B. Yeah. Good stuff. Even, Even uh, J Soul. Yeah, J Soul. Yeah. Yes. I was just gonna say J Soul, J R B, all good. And Philippines. Like Philippine pop, Philippine rap right now. We got mm, guys like Easy going. Mill who's oh. like who's going crazy, right? We just got signed by Eminem and uh and Dr. Dre. So it's like, oh man, as a Filipino, I make me super proud. But you know, like and it's things like that, like I'll I'll get inspired. And of course, um, 
I'll see what my friends over, you know, across the pond are doing and seeing what they're doing with the ukulele and just the way that they approach it, their strums, it's so different from the way that we approach it here in America or in Hawaii. Uh, and yeah, there's just so much inspiration everywhere if, if you just know where to look. Like, if uh, if you're getting tired of the ukulele, then um, then put it down. That's that really, it's maybe it's a sign that you're getting fatigued, you know, like that's, and that's fine. Um, ukulele fatigue is is a thing. You can put it down for a little bit. And then when you when you pick it back up, you know, with, with all the inspiration you got while you put it down, then like, then, then you'll, you'll be even better. You need to put it down every now and then just to kind of appreciate the, the ukulele more because it's, um, the uh, the more you play the more you practice the more you play it the more you're trying to work on songs the more you can't get those things uh the more frustrated you'll get and the you know the further away that you're gonna get you know from from your ukulele and you don't want that so just take a break and uh and pick it back up when you're having fun again you know i think in general like when mm -hmm. people say like they're, they're kind of getting bored or yeah. like they feel uninspired mm -hmm. it might be like it might be really that where it's like they're kind of getting bored of what they already know. Yeah. Like, and what they think is like, oh, this is the type of music that you play on the ukulele. Right. Yeah. But like music in general is just so wide that there's always like something that you can find with like something that you probably don't even know of that you can just, if you look around, you know, don't, and you don't even have to limit it specifically to ukulele. It's just mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm just interested. I'm going to look for anything that catches my or whatever yeah 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 it's important to remember that the ukulele is just an instrument yeah and the, it's like the a whole, vessel yeah. yeah the whole purpose of you learning to play this yeah, instrument is to be able to yeah create yeah. and and appreciate music yes. in a deeper way yeah. so so yeah even like the very first lesson that we made on ukulele underground was for love song mm -hmm. which isn't traditionally like it's by the cure it's not a traditionally an ukulele song yeah, no. And so we did that specifically because we wanted to show the world at the time that like the ukulele is an instrument yeah. and that it's not, you know, you don't only have to play quote unquote ukulele songs on it. Mm -hmm. And so, so yeah, whatever, whatever floats your boat, whatever type yeah. of music you like, yeah. use the ukulele to try I, and play it. Yeah. 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 And I, I've also been like doing something where I, to I just told Aaron, is like I hear my dad playing a song on yeah. the radio. I was like, God, I hate this song. And so I thought, what if I take this song and make it into something that I don't like? I can tolerate, you know? Yeah. Or and it, that in that in of, of itself is like kind of fun, you know, to take something that mm -hmm. is like a challenge to yourself. Like, mm. I don't like this, but can I find yeah. a way to make it where I like it? Or I, I really like this, but it's mm. so different from the ukulele. How do I transfer this over to the yep. Yeah. Okay. okay, um, sorry this is running kind of long, but maybe like one more. I, I'm really into this right now. Like, there's <laughs> tons of people asking questions, so. Uh, yeah, uh, so... Maybe, one last one. Um, Are you good? We we got a lot of them. I, I'm trying to look for it. I know somebody, <laughs> somebody kind of asked about... Oh, here, Angela said, what do you think mm. about the carbon ones? And they're talking about oh, like the carbon travel. fiber. Yeah, yeah, travel. they're 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 great. I mean, you know, like I've I've tried like like the rain song guitars and like ends and stuff. Like I I think they're they're fine, you know. But um, I feel that like what's Blackbird? I guess you know, mm -hmm. like they they're really doing something really cool and um, and really innovative with the echo. 
I feel like eco is where it's at. Well, like if you like carbon fiber and whatever, eco is something that you should be taking a look at. And um, and Blackbird's got it down. I yeah, with, with that, I, I think they're cool. I, and then they're, they're pricey though, but I think they're cool. I like them. Yeah. Also, be careful because there's a bunch of ukuleles that are marketed online now as carbon fiber, but mm. they're not actually. I mean, ah. they're like. What they're doing is they're taking plastic and they're yeah. putting carbon fibers in it and oh, like mixing it. Yeah, oh, which actually, I, I like. I can't say I'm not like a material scientist, mm-hmm. but I don't think that actually strengthens the plastic. <laughs> yeah, so they're <laughs> they're mixing funny. they're mixing carbon fibers yeah. into the their polymer mm-hmm. and then and then saying that it's carbon fiber, which it you know like. Yeah, there's carbon fiber in it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, but it's not like, yeah, usually carbon fiber is like Mm. you take the carbon fibers and then you use like an epoxy resin to like laminate that together. Mm. And then that's what is true carbon fiber. Mm. Um, There's a lot of plastic ukuleles out there that are touting Mm. themselves to be carbon fiber that are not. um, And that it's not the same sound either. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, or, or just like anything in general, any of these like travel or outdoor ukes, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to be made out of like uh, materials, synthetic materials, not not out of wood mm-hmm. usually. Yeah. Uh, and just kind of know what you're getting, I guess, right? Because it's like, if you're getting it thinking that it's going to sound like a wood ukulele, it's not. It's going to sound different. Mm-hmm. But the purpose of these are so you can take it outdoors or you can take it anywhere, right? And you have yeah. less to worry about. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it, there's nothing wrong with plastic ukuleles either, no, no. right? Yeah, so but just know what you're getting into. Yeah, yeah. don't expect like oh yeah yeah, and like even it. if like somebody plays it or records it, right? And you think like oh that sounds like pretty good, mm-hmm. you know? It's like or like oh that sounds kind of like my wood ukulele or whatever. It's mm-hmm. probably in person. It's gonna sound a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not bad, but just different. All right. Okay. That was that was the last one. I just want to say a few things before we go. Uh, we are on tour very soon. I, I guess like a week and a half or something. We will be on tour. We'll be in Washington. Here are the dates. September 7. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we will be in Edmonds Waterfront. Mm-hmm. Edmonds. Right? <laughs> yeah. Edmonds Park, I think. Edmonds Waterfront Park. I think so. Something yeah. like that. So, uh, it's all the all the details is below. You guys can find all the stuff below. So, um, it would be in Edmonds. Um, that's that's in Washington. Okay. Uh, September eighth, we will be in Port Orchard. Port Orchard, and Saturday, Sunday, the 9th and tenth, we will be at the Live Aloha Festival, and that's in Seattle. So, if you guys are in Washington, please, please, please come out. We would love to see you. Um, tickets are doing okay, you know, like in uh, in in all those uh, in in all the the places that we're gonna be at. Now, one place doesn't sell tickets; they sell tickets at the door. So, make sure you guys get uh, get there because that place has their own built-in audience. I explained this last Friday for the Little Friday Live Jam, but um, Friday we're going to be in Port Orchard uh, for uh, like Oceana Ukuleles. So Oceana Ukuleles are, you know, are putting us up and uh, and putting a concert up for us and stuff, which is really, really cool of them. Shout out to Zach 
from uh, from Ocean Ukuleles. It's basically his backyard, you know, and his sound system and whatnot. So I apologize to Zach's neighbors <laughs> before that, <laughs> which should be lots of fun. But um, Oceana Ukuleles has their own built-in audience. So they'll be going to that concert. So if you're planning on going, uh, go early so that you can get you can get tickets um, at at the door. Um, they're not doing any pre-sale tickets or anything like that. But um, September seven, the one in uh, in Edmonds, that's doing really well. You know, the um, I, I like seeing the uh, the strum people that you know show up, which is the Seattle's totally relaxed ukulele musicians. Um, I'm stoked to see you folks there. I got an invite to jam with them on Sunday at the uh, at the Live Aloha Festival. So they're they're saving and warming up a seat for me <laughs> at, uh, <laughs> at their um, tent jam. So I'm really I'm really excited to uh, to be a part of that. And of course, Saturday on the 9th, I'll be doing a workshop with tons of, I mean, I was looking at the names. Let me get my phone here. I was looking at the names of, uh, of, of all the, you know, all here. the people doing, like doing stuff. So there's Joey Palupe. Um, he's going to be doing poi pounding. There's Jonah Solitario. Everyone knows Jonah here in Hawaii. Like if you <laughs> if you're even like a, a, a part of Hawaiian, like Hawaiian culture, like things, he's yeah he, he he taught like he he teaches everything just hawaiian language in general and hawaiian studies and stuff that guy is that is the man uh pokela um that guy is a like hawaiian healer kind of high priest person really 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 cool to to learn some uh, some cultural stuff from we have kea peters um the graduate from uh from kamehameha school so basically like hawaiian you know like uh like legit hawaiian culture people going out and and teaching you know um uh these hawaiian culture things that you wouldn't get like unless you go to something like like the livaloa festival uh in kamuela kibukeo if you want to learn some traditional hawaiian ukulele this guy's got it really awesome you should you should check him out um auntie patty um she does uh, she does really cool like arts and crafts kind of stuff like Hawaiian you know arts and crafts. She does like f like feather lays and whatnot. I don't know what she'll be doing that day. Uh, also, I'll I'll be there and uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome. So just I'll be doing some ukulele, some modern ukulele stuff. So uh, be there or be scared. But you can sign up um, for uh, or register for the workshops now. Go go do it now. Register for the workshops. Uh, if, if you're looking to attend, I would pre-register. Uh, it's free, okay? You don't have to pay to uh, to take any of these amazing classes from these well, uh, well, um, uh, experienced people that that are that are putting these together. You don't need to pay. It's free, okay? That's part of the uh, the, the cultural festival's gift to everyone, you know. Um, so I'll be doing a, a free workshop, and so are the the names that I uh, that that I just told you folks about. Okay, so make sure you get them. Um, sign up, register, and uh, and take advantage of some uh, of some awesome workshops being put by awesome people. <laughs> okay, so seven, eight, nine, and ten, Washington. Be there, or I don't know, live the rest of your life, I guess, <laughs> without us, which is sad, but that's fine. <laughs> no, um, yeah, we're, we're, we'd be we'd be stoked to see you folks. So, uh, Seattle, 
Edmonds, Port Orchard. See you then. Any other businesses before we go? This is the longest uh, the podcast because now I just now that we don't have anything after this, I just don't care. <laughs> before it's like, oh, we got to do we got to do live coaching at like uh, at two twenty, but now it's like. Hmm. Nothing. You can ask another another question if you want. (laughs) It's not a Friday. (laughs) It's not a Friday. All right. So, uh, any other businesses before I I call this? Oh, uh, yeah. We're we're also moving the open mic rate since we're not going to have it. Yeah. The fourteenth. Open mic will be on September fourteenth. September fourteenth for the open mic. That's going to be tons of fun. Um, If if you want to participate, you don't have to be an Ukulele on the ground member or anything like that. Just show up. Go to the ukuleleonground.com website. There's going to be a banner at the top. Um, that starts, I believe, what, 2.30? Uh, 2.30, right? Yeah, uh, we open it up, the uh, room at 2.20, but then yeah. it officially starts at 2.30. 2.30, and that goes on until everybody gets a turn, so, you know. Um, yeah, so join us. Uh, if you have a couple songs to spare or just one song or whatever, or if you want to just hang out and listen to a bunch of people share their talents, um, join us on the 14th, Ukulele Underground. Dot com. Speaking of which, you can learn how to play the ukulele over at ukuleleunderground.com. Uh, we've uh, we've taught yes, hundred, we've taught hundreds of thousands of people how to play the ukulele, and um, there's tons and tons of there are hundreds of songs for you to learn. There's uh, there's hundreds of hours of videos that you guys can immerse yourself in and and learn uh, the ukulele and take your ukulele playing to the next level. That's what we do here, right, Kahai? Mm-hmm. That's the slogan. <laughs> we said, he said the thing. <laughs> he said the next level thing. All right, so uh, let's see what I'm trying to think what else. Um, next week, Monday, uh, I, we hope to have Mike here. Did he say yes? I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, we hope to have Mike here. So if you guys have, um, uh, if you guys have some music theory questions, Mike is going to be here. It's going to be tons of fun. Um, and it's Mike's birthday. Yeah. yeah. Next week, Monday. And my, my birthday the day before on that Sunday. So it's going to be a birthday bash. Let's, I think. Uh, let's have some fun. Yeah. I think the following Monday, too, we might not have a podcast because that's the day you guys are Yeah, I, we arrive. Yeah. So the, the Monday after, there's, there's no podcast. Yeah. Also, uh, I guess next week, Friday, there's no jam. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no next. They just uh, people know that, right? Because I just. So the, yeah. the dates for the tour. So we'll be on tour. So there's no Friday jam next week. But there will be this week. So I'll see you then, okay? Have a great one, guys. Aloha.